Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And this is also, Joseph, where we talk about news and we're getting back to Star Wars news. But we're still getting back into the rhythm of, well, Star Wars, but also pop culture around uh, the, the entire landscape and, and life itself. As you, you have this wonderful catchphrase I'm going to write down and put up in my <laughs> office so I can remember it. About what we did. yes, yes, we were discussing uh, describing Force Center not just as a podcast because we're getting launched on video, but uh, the uh, that Force Center is a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure 
life itself. Um, uh, and a part of that is I listened to a couple of podcasts that some friends sent me of like, oh, here's a cool podcast about drumming or here's a cool podcast about sound effects or whatever. And, and I don't usually have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. And a couple of those intros were just like, we talk about soup, monkeys and pregnancy. And they're like, you know what? <laughs> Everything tells you to, you know, specify, specify, specify when you brand, but also just there is a freedom in that, like our podcast can be, or not even our podcast, our show yeah. can be whatever we want it to be. And I think it's uh, embracing that spirit. Embracing the spirit. And as Joseph mentioned, as we talked about last week, we'll be going to video on a regular basis, starting uh, the episode that airs November 28th, which will be our uh, look at the Ahsoka series. Uh, but we are recording now, so we might, we might release something. If you've been on Patreon, you got a preview of what our faces look like uh, while we uh, kind of record the podcast recording and turn it into a show all in one thing. So I always say it's like in the back in the day, I don't think they do this anymore because we don't really have malls as much as we used to. But there always used to be like one radio station in the mall with the windows. You could just sit and watch the DJ work. And I think that's part of where I got the fascination with being a DJ was just like, wow, what are they doing in there? So <laughs> consider it a mall, a virtual mall. Yeah. Some people are in the mall making orange Julius and some people are talking into microphones. Look at all the things you can be when you grow up. Look at this. Uh, before we get to the news, we always want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. That's right. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And it's been a lot of fun uh, to promote Star Wars books again. Uh, though we always, you know, some people would ask us, hey, the books weren't necessarily uh, struck work, but we just kind of felt in the spirit of the bigger picture uh, where it all leads back. We wanted to uh, just kind of draw that line, but it, it's good to be back to celebrating Star Wars books as well, even though you and I are catching up. We're getting there. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was catching up to do before the strike, mm -hmm. and there's even more catching up to do now. <laughs> Absolutely is. Excited to start phase two as phase three rolls out in the High Republic. Uh, before we uh, move on, of course, we always have an ask, and we'd like to uh, make sure we hit that K. Joseph, what is our ask today? Yes, our ask. And I like saying it like that uh, because of the good clarity. And also it sounds like a relative of Bosk. <laughs> anyway, our ask is to build our YouTube numbers back up as we head into the launch of our video version of Four Center. Like Ken said, it is coming uh, this Tuesday. Uh, the no, um, what what month is it? Uh, we're, we're November 28th. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday, November 28th. Uh, coming very soon. Uh, we would love to build our YouTube numbers back up, understandably, uh, when we were not discussing Star Wars or really uh, almost any pop culture outside of uh, books and music. Uh, our numbers dropped considerably. We had a very positive number when I checked this morning, Ken, is instead of negative 38, it was negative 14, which actually means I think people are <laughs> subscribing and resubscribing. Uh, we would love to get back up to the number of 7,500. That is our goal. That is our ask. Ask. Uh, his cousin that shows up for Life Day. That, that's like an artist. <laughs> and he and Bosk don't get along. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun there. Yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. Subscribe to the YouTube cha channel. Uh, yeah. It's fun to see the numbers be less negative. Look, I always give some percentage of room to bots or something weird happens mm -hmm. and everything, but we understand. But we're happy to see the numbers go back up. Life is a numbers game. Uh, as we talk about the great adventure of life around here, we always like to catch up with Star Wars uh, or Life Adventures. And as you 
know, I'm going to stop saying this eventually, but it's exciting to maybe incorporate Star Wars again into life. (laughs) Well, uh, Joseph, I know you had a full weekend. I'm cheating a little bit here because I follow you on social media. So I know you had a little bit more (laughs) robust weekend than me. Uh, I had a a weekend in which I was uh, just mostly doing um, a lot of work. But I'll say this. This is also a a promotion for something coming up. But Mm. I was was open uh, to to maybe to a fall uh, last week on the show of just trying to reconnect with Star Wars. And that's still an ongoing process. Uh, But it's a good process. One of the things I uh, uh, very uh, surprisingly, I'm going to be moderating a panel at LA Comic-Con. Uh, that is with behind the scenes people like Brian Matias, uh, uh, Alexei Dimitriou, uh, uh, Maria Sandoval. These are like the head of the hair department, a makeup artist, concept mm. artist. Uh, and I'm, I'm producing the panel as well. And so I had to like go through and kind of like get my questions together. But it, it was a journey through the behind the scenes. And it was a journey through the passion that goes into shows like Ahsoka, a show that I've been open, that I maybe had some struggles with and still have some struggles with and have some things I want to talk about. It. But I talk about uh, about the show, but uh, I, it was a reminder of not, not only what we've done for for coming up on ten broadcast seasons here, but just a reminder that that all these shows are are made with love, and even if there's some things you don't connect with, or even if some things that you might feel are just hey wrong, why did they do that? The people behind it all approach it with a great amount of love, uh, a great amount of respect for what came before, and also have ideas and how to improve it and change it and. and push new boundaries with it going forward. So that was a, a needed, a needed little journey. Um, um, I'll, I'll give the panel details at the end of the show, uh, but uh, a little bit of maybe force karma or just the force working in mysterious <laughs> ways. Where I had to sit and concentrate on it uh, when I've been able, maybe putting some of that stuff off before. So uh, I spent a lot of time working on that this weekend and the results are going to be fun, but um, it's not all about me and my journey back. It's, it's by the way, it's not a far. I'm not leaping giant canyons. <laughs> it's also a rhythm thing. We've been so out of rhythm too. Uh, that I've, yeah, no, and, yeah. And as we as we discussed, like we we were we were uh, pedal to the metal mm-hmm. uh, heading into the strike with lots of shows, lots of books, lots of conventions. So mm-hmm. I I think you know as I talked about last week, that's definitely a part of it for me, and I think a part of it for for you as well. I would imagine of just yeah. being extremely, extremely, extremely close to it. And then can't talk about it yeah. is going to force <laughs> some feelings. Yeah. I mean, push it. I, I got really into cooking during the lockdown and then I got out of rhythm of cooking. I need to reconnect to cooking too. So it's not, it's not <laughs> I'm not picking on star Wars. It's just a lot of things in life. Uh, well, if you could read more about the hair and makeup that goes into cooking. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that one doesn't quite work. I really agree with you, though. Uh, I'm excited for you to host uh, that, and I'm excited for the people at the convention because you'll do a great and insightful job with that and understanding what people actually do. And I know this is not your problem with the Soka, and I've never heard you level this criticism, but one we hear a lot is that when people don't like a show, doesn't work for them, don't like a choice, the the big L word, lazy, comes out. Um, and I totally understand people not liking things. I always, I always bristle at the lazy Mm -hmm. and I think reconnecting with the number of people, like every tiny detail you see on screen, that was someone's life for a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I've always felt that way. I feel that way even stronger after working on short films, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, Mm. uh, really like to be able to see the short film in front of people. And I kind of just want to like point at that shirt and just to be like, do you, do you know how many stores I went to? I almost got in an accident and it cost this much money, but I didn't have a budget. And that's just a shirt, you know, in yeah. a short film. 
Um, Staring at Ahsoka and just like the amount of humans who gave everything they have as humans Mm. to make her head tails look as cool as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it it won't make the show perfect, but to me, it's always it's always a good way, uh, way to reconnect with people made this out of love and hard work, even if it doesn't work for every viewer. And that's fine. Yeah. It, it, it's been this reminder to how, and it's something we've done here f- for a long time, uh, it, it, you know, choosing the words carefully, even when you're expressing some kind of uh, uh, criticism or problem that you have with it personally, reminding yourself that other people who watched it do like it. You can't just say the Marvels is bad. I know a lot of people that love the Marvels, So that, kind of you know, that the, it's bad capital B it's a fact isn't isn't right isn't true and 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 you know what you're talking about um you know you sets are crazy I always go to the example of that damn coffee cup on the set again <laughs> kind of actually just funny but that people mm-hmm. see ah Dan and Dave want it out they want it. Uh, there's so many things going on like I'm surprised my lunch wasn't in one of the shots for you know <laughs> uh the short film because uh it's so much going on so anyways you're, you're absolutely right yeah so much love into it and it's nice to be reminded I'm upset I didn't get more of your food into the short. But next time, <laughs> next, next time. time. Yeah. But you, sir, had a, a wonderful weekend. Uh, your social media was uh, just busting and bursting <laughs> out with nice photos. I had really, really nice couple days. Uh, November 17th is a special day if you like Star Wars, because it is, of course, uh, Life Day, the anniversary of the actual broadcast of the Star Wars holiday special that uh, Life Day came from. Uh, but it's also my wedding anniversary. So a very special day. Life Day, my wedding anniversary, the anniversary of the release of the James Bond film Casino Royale. So much to celebrate on November 17th yeah. every year. Um, for the Star Wars adventure, um, I had I was lucky to be able to pre-order one of the weirder action figures uh, that they've made uh, available recently, which is the Life Day Chewbacca. An action figure I really thought I would never see the light of day. But it is, it's chewy in a big red robe he comes with the orb he comes with a weird bendy hand so he can actually hold the orb because that would be upsetting <laughs> it's like yeah. life day chewy he can't hold this sacred object anyway so i i opened life day chewy uh from the larger box not from the package uh and that was really nice and then my wife and i just had a, a wonderful holiday weekend um we'd really been talking about going out of town but we've been traveling a lot so we decided hey, you know what? There's a lot around us that we haven't experienced. Uh, and I think that was really what I, I took from from the day and from the weekend celebrating. And we're lucky we live in a big city of Los Angeles, so there's more than you could ever explore living here three lifetimes. But I think it's true no matter where you live that there's always those places that you go by that go, you go, God, that looks kind of interesting. I've heard good things about that. Mm. And you never make it. And we've just really been like, we're going places, damn it. We don't need to go to a different city. There's a whole other city on one block of Los Angeles. Uh, so anyway, long, long way to say we went to uh, this jazz club called the Baked Potato. And I've driven by this place a million times. It's got a, a cartoon baked potato, the weird phenomenon where you put a face on the thing <laughs> you're going to eat. Uh, and I always thought it was a baked potato place. And like five years ago, my wife's like, that's a jazz club. Like, the baked potatoes, a jazz club. Yeah. So apparently it's a business that started almost 50 years ago mm-hmm. with the absolute like dorm room joke of like, what if we started a place that only played jazz 
and only serve potatoes. <laughs> and that's what they've done. They got like a, they got a couple of salads. They got a couple of desserts, but their entire menu is just dumping stuff on a baked potato. I had a chicken Parmesan baked oh. potato, tiny, intimate, mm-hmm. uh, 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 uh uh, not fancy jazz club, not like you have to be dressed up in a suit and tie and have a martini, but like down to earth, working class jazz is for everybody jazz club. It was real nice, but it felt like, am I on the set of like um, uh, some show set in the 60s for a New York basement jazz club? It had mm-hmm. that vibe. It was phenomenal. So for me, it was just a, a, a great reminder to check out what is awesome that is around you. Uh, I, I know you, you, you had more, uh, but I, I used to live with a walking distance of that for like seven or eight years. And I thought it was just a baked potato factory type, like a restaurant, I get baked potato, yeah. which is not a lie you, from what you're describing. But I, 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 I love jazz. I appreciate jazz, but I was disappointed when I found out it was a jazz club. It was like, ah, that was a baked <laughs> potato restaurant, but okay. Uh, so I'm glad you got to experience it. And that sounds wonderful. by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was the uh, we we just went that night because it was our anniversary. We didn't uh, pick. It was the Richard Matheson group, and it mm. his son was the drummer, and I think there were some session musicians because they were he was calling out cues, and it's such an intimate space you could hear him call out cues. Uh, and this is an an older gentleman uh, who looked frankly like Santa Claus, so it was like mm. <laughs> super exciting jazz Santa playing music while I ate a baked potato. It's a good weekend. Good weekend. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to be done. I, I want to get on to the Star Wars. Let's get on to the Star Wars indeed. We're going to talk about Star Wars news. Oh, this is kind of exciting. We are back into the uh, the the grind of Star Wars news. And it can sometimes grind down where you're like, all right, we'll look at this teaser poster and, you know, and some of that's fun and some of those are beautiful art. Uh, the 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 break and then coming back, I actually have a renewed energy, Joseph, for Star Wars news to actually talk about what's going on. So yeah, yeah, me too. I have a, re- a renewed energy and a renewed perspective. I am excited to talk about every one of these things. Some of the news things uh, that we picked out because we're looking back at news that has happened across uh, the time that we've been on break during the strikes. Um, some of them I'm super excited to talk about. Uh, been really excited to talk about. But it's also been a great time to go, oh, you know, we don't have to cover every bit of news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's been great to to check back in and go, let's talk about the things that we're passionate about and have a true response to, as opposed to, we, we were getting into some times there where like some of the news about movies that may or may not happen was getting kind of repetitive. <laughs> so it's really fun to come back to it with a, with a fresh and renewed perspective and also in understanding that. We don't have to cover every story. Yeah, and that's actually just it's a it's a, a it's a liberation in my soul. <laughs> but we're excited to get to some. And as Joseph said, we we did go through a lot of the stories we've missed during the uh, you know over 118 days of the strike and all that stuff. Uh, but we might miss some. Don't worry uh, if, if we maybe uh, come back to it later. We might. Uh, and or Joseph said we maybe felt it wasn't high on the depth chart of discussions. But we got a kind of a recent bit of news from last week. Uh, Taika Waititi speaks and Star Wars fans talk. Of course they do. We're talking as well. While promoting Next Goal wins, Taika was asked about his Star Wars film. He said it will be, and there was a dramatic pause, a Taika Waititi film. He then said, <laughs> it's going to piss people off. There's another quote from an Entertainment Weekly article. You've got, uh, Joseph, we'll go into that. Uh, first, I just want to start. This is a fact, right? It will. 
It will, because of course it will. Uh, uh, but what do we actually take from that? Uh, and is, is it a pissed off because it will be too uniquely him, which seems like it might be? Is that a comment on the fandom overall? Probably is. These are all leading questions, but let's comment on the Taika discourse that has emerged, including a more serious and thoughtful response. Well, I, I think this is thoughtful as well, but a, a different kind of response in the other article. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, fascinating. It, it feels like uh, during the strike, uh, it was like a, a storm or a fever broke. Um, and mm. it feels like a lot of people are being a little bit more uh, direct. Taiko Waititi, Waititi, always been direct. But this is very like, eh, screw it, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. uh, is a guiding principle. Um, I think my my first reaction to this is, Yes, of Taika Waititi is in this hot moment of um, ups and downs that we will talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But I go back to to when Rise of Skywalker came out, and people, some people didn't like it, which perfectly fine to not like it. But there was people saying they just tried to be people pleasers, mm-hmm. a- and it, it was always weird to me of like you, the, the Star Wars fandom is too big. You it, you can't it's really hard to pander to the Star Wars community at this point. So I feel like this is very, very true of Taika's film, that it will be uniquely him and that will annoy people. But I feel like that's true of almost any Star Wars film of like, and it will piss some people off because it's impossible to pander to the entire community. Yeah. It's just simply a fact. (laughs) He was being (laughs) cheeky the way he said it and how it was, you know, how it might relate to him. And I'm, you know, none of these folks, they're not completely insulated from the discussion world. Some it's, it's funny when you run into some folks that maybe uh, have a different kind of career path and they're off producing things in the studio. They're kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't go on TikTok. I don't, what's a podcast. Like there's some people that I've, I've run into that have that. Vibe. <laughs> it, it couldn't, Taika couldn't escape it, especially even his last film, which I, I haven't had a chance to see yet. I, I don't even know if it's out on a big scale, but I've seen some tweets about it. Some people going, it's great. Other people going, Oh, it's lazy. <laughs> it's just like the, you can't win for, for, for losing these days, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I also think, uh, uh, that this is such a great news story for us to dive back into because in the grand tradition of Star Wars news, uh, we are talking about something that won't happen for many, many years, if it happens at all. We're going to talk more about the upcoming slate later. Mm -hmm. But uh, a part of my reaction to this was like, this is really intriguing. This is really funny. This is really telling about who Taika Waititi is. And it will also have absolutely no relevance to us until about 2037, if this movie even comes out. Doing the math on that, he has said in in, a, 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 in that other um, news news bite, I think he said he's got three or four of the scripts he's working on. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's finish this one. He wants to take his time with this. There is another quote in the past from like Kathleen Kennedy not too long ago saying, ah, he he needs a third act and, you know, they're still working on it. And <laughs> and I, I want him to take all the time in the world. But it is it is interesting to do that math. That You're right. We got the three announced and we're going to get into the slate and everything. But it's mm-hmm. like. This this conversation will will be a, a, a faint memory by the time this film comes out. Yeah, yeah. Here's that other quote uh, you've been mentioning. Mm-hmm. It's from an Entertainment Tonight interview. Uh, Taika saying, "At the moment, I'm still developing something with them, meaning Lucasfilm. Like me, they have a lot of projects going on. I think they're going to push it until I finish these other projects." YTD told ET. I've got about four other scripts that I'm trying to finish. My thing is, I want to take my time with that and get it right. I don't want to rush this movie. So that is a less cheeky, more straightforward answer. 
uh, but also in some ways saying the same thing of like, I'm going to really take my time to make the movie I want to make. And, you know, we're developing it and uh, news will come out eventually. And that as a Star Wars fan, I couldn't want anything more than that. Right. Some, mm-hmm. I love this. I respect it. And I want to get it right. It's done. Sold for me. I yeah. might, <laughs> might have some bigger questions and, you know, we've, his style is always debated and I'm a fan of his style, but I know it doesn't always translate. I know, you know, the, the most recent Thor wasn't well received. I know you have some thoughts on it uh, in, in a positive sense. We're always going to have those discussions, but this is what I want from an artist. I don't want anyone to say, yeah, diving in third act. We'll get to set and figure it out. I, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think that's my biggest takeaway from this. And I'd be interested to hear what you think. I, I think Taiki, Taika, uh, Taiki, Taika is an indie filmmaker uh, and he has never backed off from that perspective. He landed a huge hit with Thor Ragnarok. I think part of that was, uh, I do think it's a, a really good film, a really well-balanced film where both the the comedy and the depth are clear. But I also think it was, it landed at the right moment where Chris Hemsworth clearly had phenomenal comedy chops that weren't being put to full use Mm. in Thor. It redefined the character. It let Chris Hemsworth stretch a little bit. It it was wearing its politics Mm. uh, about a lot of things on its sleeve. Mm. So it was just sort of this like a drink of fresh water in a, in a desert moment. Mm. Mm. I don't think uh, Taika has changed. I think he's like, everything I did with Thor Ragnarok, I'm going to do harder and faster mm. with uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for people, but Taika didn't change. He only got more Taika, mm. more, I'm an indie filmmaker, which means I would love for you to like my film, but this is an extension of me. This is an expression of me. I am putting myself, uh, not on celluloid, I guess, mm-hmm. but on ones and zeros. I'm putting my personality on this film. And I think that's who he's always been. And it's more just that uh, that people fell in love with that and then fell out of love with that. How do you feel about kind of Taika as holding on to this? Like, I'm an indie filmmaker who happened to break into the big time and make some big blockbusters, but I've never changed. I'm an indie filmmaker. I really agree with that. And it happens a lot in, 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 in the world of, of art, right? Like, like mm-hmm. a band breaks for being who they are. And then they're by the second album, third album, people are like, God, I hate who they are. <laughs> what can you do? And I think you got to stick to your guns and yeah, adapt and change along the way and try to think that cool. But the conversation always around Taika and Star Wars is the comedy aspect of it. Right. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that he's just a comedy filmmaker. And I don't think you would say that as well. I just, I think that seems to always come up uh, because he does funny things, but uh, he does have a lot of heart into it. That, that eighth uh, episode of, of Mando season one has some comedy that even you and I on the record are saying, eh, the biker Scott stuff isn't our favorite, but it ends with this great piece of, 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 of heart art at the end with the, with the, uh, the sacrifice and just kind of where mm-hmm. I trust him. And what you said, I really like what you said in there about Chris Hemsworth of, of there was some, some comedy chops waiting to explode out, mm-hmm. um, especially in the Marvel world. Taika got that out. There's a fear and an understandable trepidation about comedy Star Wars and no one's suggesting that he's going to put out a sitcom like Star Wars comedy film, but 
humor laugh if if he builds a story around a crew or you know something uh, you know the the interpersonal you know relationships going on the, the comedy's going to come out of that it might be more quote funnier than other films but i bet it's going to have the same heart i bet it's going to reach for the same big lessons and themes that all the star wars does as he did in that episode so i like what you're saying about him uh and and taking that from his quotes of it's going to be a Taika Waititi film. And that's, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really do hope that he just, it, that it's a, maybe even a, a, a smaller story in terms of galactic significance, you know, and his own characters and can really explore all the ideas that he is interested in because, yeah, I think I'm resistant to star Wars comedy sometimes of like, I would, it, you know, if it turned out to be like, this is a young Kylo Ren <laughs> and, you know, and he's tripping and making jokes, eh, I might not like it myself. Yeah. Uh, but if you're inventing your own characters, I think it's a different thing. <laughs> Kylo tripping and making jokes. Now that you've said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real quick thing for me um, is we talk about Star Wars, but also, uh, you know, uh, free ourselves a little bit to explore the other pop culture. I do think Thor Ragnarok is a really, really solid film. And I think the comedy and the heart and the heaviness is balanced really well. Mm. So I, I do personally think it is a better balanced film than Love and Thunder. But one of the things that's really fascinating to me about Taika and one of the reasons I love uh, Love and Thunder is that his style and what makes people mad is he loves combining not just comedy, not wry, sarcastic comedy, but big outlandish comedy with uh, not just depth or heart, but like devastatingly serious. Mm -hmm. And like in, in, I know you haven't seen uh, Thor love and thunder. Um, a lot of the bits are like, yeah, that, that joke didn't land for me because it's too big. Or I saw it coming five minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. Not all the comedy works for me, but mm -hmm. it's something close to my heart to be bold enough to combine the extremes of human experience mm. from the absolute absurdity of being alive in the way that comedy can express that yeah, to absolute uh, kind of some of the most serious issues we, we can do, uh, we can deal with as artists. Mm. And it's a fascinating thing where sometimes if there's any comedy, that's all that people can take away. And yes, I, I do think in love and thunder that the balance was probably off but I've seen so many people go, it was just goofy. The jokes are goofy. It's about a woman dying of cancer. And what if all of our gods abandon us? Right. It's, you know, it's got some heavy stuff, but there's this thing sometimes where if the comedy is, is too big, even a little too big, that's all people see. And I'm really interested in your take on that as somebody who loves, loves comedy. But, but I think, you love comedy, but I think you are also unsure about big outlandish comedy. How do you feel about combining outlandish comedy with like really deep, really serious ideas? Yeah, I, th I think it, it absolutely could work. And yeah, there, there's a, you know, if I, if I'm in the mood to sit and watch the naked gun films, you know, and just go through some Zucker brothers kind of slapsticky stuff, uh, which I, I grew up liking, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And, and I still think you can find some themes in there and, and, and dig into the jokes. Uh, but I, I'd rather have my comedy, what you're describing. And, 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 and I think what you might be touching on here, we've discussed it before and, and, and we, we maybe have to own our own experiences as, as people who dabble in comedy, but also hopefully can find some purpose behind it. There is, there is a, uh, 
even in award shows, right? <laughs> you are a dramatic performer or you're a comedic performer. And never mm-hmm. the two shall meet, especially when it comes to rewards. I, it, 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 it's a little force field goes up when, when people hear comedy jokes and, and that, that, that doesn't contain meaning. And it's, and it's been an ongoing battle with, with me and comedy and words matter and, and what we're talking about matter matters and how you joke about it is important. And, and uh, there's great purpose behind it. So yeah, uh, there's even stuff, uh, you know, in the, the um, Thor Ragnarok, a movie I do have seen and, and, and do enjoy. Uh, there's a couple, you know, shake weight references. I've talked about that before, but that's not going to be in star Wars. And I don't think he's going to put that there. And I mm. love what we do in the shadows, the series as, as mm-hmm. for a lot of people, I'm not alone in that obviously. And it's outlandish, but it's got so much heart. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want people to be afraid of that. If that even kind of shows up in star Wars in a film. Yeah. Yeah. A, a part of me almost feels like I would love it if in the year 2037, which is the imaginary year that I think this film will come out in a joking way. Uh, if in the year 2037, Lucasfilm was just like, bam, the first Star Wars comedy labeled it as a comedy. Yeah. And then when people approach it as a comedy going in, I think sometimes they're more open to discovering the heart and the humor and the relationships because people start watching what we do in the shadows to watch a comedy. Yeah. And then become really hooked on the relationships, which are sincere and real. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's scaring me because. I actually kind of agree with your 2037 <laughs> year in or around. And I Ragnarok came out in 2017. So imagine 20 years later, audiences <laughs> may be open for something entirely different, have no understanding of who Taika or Ragnarok was. Because as Taika says himself, they're not going to remember my name. They're gonna, they're not, 40 years from now, I'm not going to be a trivia answer. Uh, uh, whatever that uh, conversation that broke out of that, around that. Um, that's fat. That that's almost scary. That's almost scary. But we can. It's deeply scary. I take back my joke of twenty thirty seven. Let's let's get it a little closer to twenty twenty seven. I mean, it's not inaccurate. Uh, we are not done talking movies, though. Uh, that was some of the latest news, but also a little tidbit came out, and we're going to talk about Kevin Feige's Star Wars film and it being a no go. Feige was asked by Entertainment Weekly's Ash Cross and friend of the show, former guest, in early November if his Star Wars movie is happening, and he said. And this is my editorial, a little brusquely, no. <laughs> End of interview. He didn't say that. And they all love Ash. Um, no other comment. Um, but so let's definitely dive in. Uh, thoughts on this? Dare we say unsurprising news, Joseph? This is the least surprising news I have ever heard. This is the least surprising no I've ever heard. And uh, I have heard no in lots of contexts in which I was expecting to say no. Uh, (laughs) uh, Pitches, uh, asking people out on dates. I've heard a lot of no's I was expecting to hear. And this is still the least surprising. That interview is really funny because this is uh, this is such a strange time for the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ash's interview with him was great. And he has uh, obviously a good relationship with Ash as an interviewer and it felt like he was trying to kind of dole out a little bit, you know, give a little bit more to um, entertain ideas of the MCU without spoiling anything, all that. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was like watching a ballet between a producer, an expert producer and an expert interviewer doing <laughs> a beautiful ballet about the MCU. And then mm-hmm. that Star Wars movie happened? No. 
Bye. Bye. It, in, Bye. It, and it felt purposeful too. He's just like, I'm not going to be asked about this uh, 800 more times. I'm just going to cut this off. It's done. It's done. Done. I love that actually. I, I hadn't mm-hmm. even thought about in those terms that it wasn't that he was annoyed with the question. He was just, I, I, I can see the future because I've experienced the past. No, let's move. Yeah. On. It, 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 it really, I wanted the comedy of like uh, tapping the mic, looking directly in the camera. And just saying, no. And no one ever asked me about it again. It's done. Leave it be. The curtain comes down on like a Wes Anderson movie. Just <laughs> now, look, we say unsurprising news, but it wasn't like this hadn't been worked on or talked about, uh, you know, the whole uh, involvement of, of Michael Waldron. And, and he had some comments out there and uh, over the over the last year or so about working on it. I, I have no doubt that this was a thing, that this was on some whiteboard somewhere or a cork board with a, a post-it note, uh, you know, just hand, <laughs> hammered into the wall of Feige film. Uh, and, and I still think it could be possible down the line. And, and there's a lot of conversation I've already seen this weekend of, well, he's, he's got his hands full with Marvel. Yeah, yeah. He's always had his hands full with Marvel. Uh, I don't think this current phase is distressed. I, I think they're trying to rebuild some things. And there's a lot of conversation to be had around how uh, the movies are discussed and, and the box office conversation and some mm-hmm. of the bad faith arguments around those dis- discussions. Uh, I haven't seen the Marvels. I know you have. And feel free to bring that into it. So I, I don't think this is him, you know, having a, I got to go concentrate on Marvel. I just think there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about what we know of the slate and, and if, if they weren't coming to an agreement and maybe he is busy with Marvel, you know, day job. And this was his evening hobby. Um, and maybe they, Hey, since again, things change, Hey, we're now going this direction. Can you fit into this now? Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm very happy because we, we've been playing this game in star Wars movie news for five years now. A, mm-hmm. a definitive no from the source worked for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love a definitive no from the source. <laughs> or a definitive yes. Anything definitive from the source. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about this a lot, but as we're heading into talking about the slate and looking forward to the Star Wars films, which I, I really am, and hoping the best for them, the analogy that I was thinking about over the strike is th- these development process uh, is natural. That's why it's called development. It's Hey, let's talk. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're developing. Developing can mean anything from one meeting to a script and a contract, but the film doesn't get made. That's, you know, that's what development is. But because Star Wars in particular, sometimes Marvel, but Star Wars in particular is is so popular and people are so excited, every little possibility gets sort of reported and then internalized by some fans as for sure going to happen. Yeah. In the analogy I was thinking about, like, uh, I, I, I've never really been on the dating apps because uh, I've been married the entire time they've existed. Mm. But it's kind of like if you're on a dating app and you, Toby and Jessica match and they're going out on a date, maybe two dates, and then reporting on that, like, Toby and Jessica together, when when is the wedding? How many kids do you think they'll have? <laughs> it's jumping from... <laughs> A dating phase to a what will their grandkids be named from the perception of development is like dating. A movie being released is at least marriage. (laughs) I've I've, uh, talked about uh, the analogy of of like 
food, like, oh, Lucasfilm's going to make a pizza, and then they make tacos, and you're upset you didn't get the pizza. Uh, mm-hmm. Yours uh, is hilarious, and I, I want you to uh, – I, let's get you five minutes at Flappers this weekend. Because <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, uh, it, it's absolutely true, and, and and not without passion, right? Even if you have two friends no. that meet, and you're like, oh, are, are they – What's where's this going to go? It comes from a pl- place of love. I, I think all the discussions around these films generally uh, from our side of things do come from a place of love. Um, but then that love becomes attachment. That's dangerous. I, yeah, and I think that's the thing is I got no problem and, and I'm excited by, uh, like we're, we're talking about Sean Levy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people I know who love his work and people are so excited for his Star Wars movie. And I got no problem with people saying, oh, I love Sean Levy and Star Wars. I hope they get together just like I hope Toby and Jessica hook up. <laughs> but I hope not... I don't want it to be like, you know, uh, oh, Luke, did you hear Lucasfilm got together and broke uh, Toby and Jessica yeah. up that they canceled their wedding? Like, yeah. they were never going to get married. They were just dating. And you decided they were going to get married. Yeah. 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 You did that. But so nobody broke them up. You did Nobody this, broke mom. them up. <laughs> mom, mom. Uh, it's wonderful. And, and we can start moving into the slate here, Joseph. Let's see if any uh, yeah. thoughts on Feige. But the funny thing I will say is, as a longtime Star Wars fan, as someone who has uh, never followed MCU closely but has always enjoyed my experience in it, who thinks Kevin Feige is, is, is a legendary producer who mm-hmm. changed the industry in a lot of ways, um, I'm relieved of this. And not relieved anything about him, anything about my worries about him doing Star Wars. There's just something, again, that definitive know of, hey, let's put this on the shelf and it's one less thing to have to worry about as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I think I think maybe some writers, directors, producers without as much uh, baggage and relationship to audiences will maybe help audiences focus on the story mm. rather than sort of the, the pre-narrative or the relationship. Uh other thing with me about Feige is like, hey, the movie might not have worked out even if everything was going gangbusters with MCU. But just, you know, quick reminder that even before the strikes, when Iger, uh, when Chappick went bye-bye and uh, and uh, Iger said hello there again, mm-hmm. um, he thought that that everything was, ha- that there was too much mm-hmm. uh, Marvel and maybe too much Star Wars too. So he had already asked uh, to pump the brakes. Yeah. Um, MCU is in the process of folding in all those Fox properties, Deadpool, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Um, the, they, I, I don't want to get into it now, but there's, you know, stuff going on with uh, the actor they cast is the main baddie mm. uh, for future films. Um, yeah. uh, I think the Marvels was great. And I think there are many reasons that the Marvels struggled at the box office, but that's obviously going to affect Kevin Feige's plate. So I do think this is sort of a uh, a fulcrum uh, moment in MCU. And it makes total sense to me that the movie, that the Star Wars movie would have just been like, hey, it, tur- it didn't it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But also it does make total sense of like, Feige's got a lot to concentrate on with, with MCU. I like that as a final thought. And, and we'll put a final thought on the final thought and the final thought here. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, that the idea that he's busy with MCU is, is maybe taken as, um, can be taken and definitely stated as a, as a as an overall negative thing, other than what you've just described as there's a lot on his desk every day. <laughs> and there is, you know, yeah. And and people want to portray it as the, the superhero movies are done, MCU is done. Those make flashy headlines; they're worth discussing. But it is natural that a a, a, a um, property, a storyline, 
a sort of unprecedented thing like MCU is going to need to evolve and have some growing pains. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right now, though, we are looking at a, I guess we'll say film slate, but let's just, we, we have three announced films that we got Star Wars Celebration London and all the joy of there with Mangle. Uh, we got the New Jedi Order. We got, we got Filoni and uh, his uh, Filoni verse film. We got all that stuff. Plus we got Tyka still in the works. You mentioned Sean Levy. Uh, he's got some stuff out there too, still working. Uh, he also has a lot of things. There's a lot of people uh, working on Star Wars films who have also a lot of things going, which is why the films are in this unrelated, <laughs> uh, uh, unannounced time. And also, we can't forget that the Lando series is now being what? developed by the Glover Brothers as a movie project. That kind of sprung up. So there's a lot there. How does that slate feel to us as fans? And, and we also should talk a little bit of Lando as a movie. Yeah. No, I... I... I love the idea of Lando as a movie. I think we could do, uh, and maybe should do a whole episode just about um, the the streaming realities of maybe they put out too much. Maybe some projects should have been bigger. Um, I really love the Kenobi television show, but I think it would have ultimately been uh, more satisfying at the larger scale and uh, of a movie. So I I wonder if them looking at a legacy character like Lando. Mm-hmm. And major talent, uh, like the Glover brothers, and going that eh, should be a movie. So that reconsideration makes total and complete sense to me. What do you think on that one? Absolutely, and, and it's just kind of the the wave of the industry, and those waves come crashing into the shore pretty fast. Of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I, I don't one hundred percent agree with even my own statement here. But oopsie was solo, which again totally wrong but oopsie was solo let's pull back kenobi oh a six-part series that's great we we go over there you and i love that series it means a lot to us but also it was shot during a troubling time and uh let's have a discussion about uh, uh you know workers in the uh, vfx industry and how much time and money they have to complete their projects i think some of that was showed up on screen and it's not their fault and then, and and then now suddenly here we are again of like oh, let's take that series and make it a movie. It's just this Harry Chape and All My Life's a Circle kind of song lyric. And I think that's important. I think that's okay. And I'm excited. You get two very talented creators. Now, there was kind of a switch in the, uh, you know, leadership of this project uh, with yeah. all the details. And I just don't want to speculate on that. Uh, also with Donald Glover, you have another person, Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy has a few times said of, uh, Donald will let us know when he's ready. <laughs> he's got a lot mm-hmm. going on. Um I'm excited. I'm excited to to um, see it on the big screen or or at least see it in a shorter two hour chunk on my couch, uh, which is, again, another talk about the the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a lot of questions about the change in streaming and what's coming forward and how many new series will actually emerge post the Acolyte coming out and the continuation of the shows already out there. Yeah, we got Skeleton Crew and Acolyte and Mando continuing. Mm hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a very, very different time. Um, I pulled this Sean Levy quote, too, uh, that came out during the strike. Come. This is from Variety on October 23rd. Uh, Sean Levy saying, when Kathy Kennedy brought me on board to make a Star Wars movie, her central mandate to me was, I want a Sean Levy movie. I want a story in a tone that reflects you and your taste and what you bring to your movies with a Star Wars story. So I have felt extremely empowered. We are in early days, unfortunately, because the development process was abruptly paused due to the WGA strike. But I feel very empowered to trust my instincts in the development of this story and movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great quote. I think it is very similar to things that Kathleen Kennedy has said. I think it's very similar to things that other filmmakers have said. 
I tend to believe that, that it is a, we really do want these to be personal films. Um, I can't find anywhere to my knowledge where Lucasfilm has said anything about this movie. So I definitely consider this in the category of, of Toby and Jessica are dating. <laughs> it just goes back. I remember even our discussion of when this news broke on this, it was just kind of like a rumor. And I can't, I can't remember all the details, but correct me if I'm wrong. It was like a rumor. And then Sean, uh, Levy or Levy, which is weird. There's Eugene Levy and then ESPN anchor Steve Levy, uh, Steve Levy. I don't know. I have to look up which way he goes. You're right. Um, but when he just got a tweeted a cheeky confirmation, uh, yeah, there's it's we always say go to starwars.com for official news. And I, I don't think this has ever been on it, but I, I count it as it's happening in some shape or form. They're, they're getting coffee at least this project. Yeah, I have no doubt it's in development. That one, uh, irked me because headline straight up, uh, ran with uh this movie confirmed like yes no the writer director said he was having talks yeah and and the headlines just to me mangled the truth to the point of lying Mm -hmm. and there are people who are just super excited about it they want this and and you know it's not everybody's job to be an entertainment journalist and go well let me dig for 15 minutes in the middle of my work day so to me, this one was really about the headlines playing fair. Mm-hmm. I think this one is in development and it might happen. It might not, but I don't think it's been announced in any way by Lucasfilm. Yeah. And definitely for me, you know, the, the three announced films is, is the, the field on which I'm playing on right now. The other ones, and, and Lando, I, you know, I get it, it yeah. you know, it's there, but like, w- again, your 2037 joke slash prediction is not untrue for any of these other projects. <laughs> If, if you got three or four, each of these, each of these cats seems to have like three or four things in the works. Yep. From Sean Levy, uh, Tago Aditi and Donald Glover. Like they all have, you, you, you know, Joseph, not that every one of Taika's four scripts are going to be into movies, but if, if he's got four projects, that's years of development and work and shooting production. So, uh, I, I, I'm excited for if some of this stuff becomes official, I, but to your big point earlier, I'm just not worried in a good way. It's fun. <laughs> like, I'm just not worried. Yeah. Hmm. So for the, the three that were publicly announced at Star Wars Celebration in London, uh, Ray and the New Jedi Order, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi, uh, biblical epic as he's described it. Mm-hmm. And then I believe the Filoni film has been described basically as a a New Republic film yeah, with strong implications that it is uh, tying together the the stories that have been playing out in the New Republic era on Disney Plus. So Mando, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, most likely Skeleton Crew. Mm-hmm. So out of those three, how are you feeling about which ones you want, which ones are actually going to happen and when, where are you at with those? I'm still very excited. The, the, the feelings in, in London and yes, it's easy to sit in an arena and, and you have a, a, a coffee and you're jazz cause you're in London and you get announced and Daisy really comes out. Yeah, of course that's, that's fun. But the, the excitement's still there for me on that project. Shermina Bay Chinoy, uh, anything, everything she has said, and I know you get what Stephen Knight working on the, on the script with her, uh, Everything she has said has got me excited for that project. Daisy Back has got me excited for that project. Uh, coming out of Dial of Destiny, a film I enjoyed and have enjoyed even more in subsequent viewings. Um, I'm interested to see what Mangold can do with the big themes. I have, we can get into the weeds down the line on another show. I, I not, not worries, but 
I wonder, you know, how much he's paid attention to all the other things. You know, there's going to be a weird, I, I just have a fear that people are going to be like, well, where's the Mortis gods? And James will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do you think? <laughs> um, so, but his big biblical epic, epic, I'm excited about. The flowing one, I'm curious about and excited. Don't want anyone to <laughs> jump on me for that. I'm curious, especially from where we're going, because we still have so much to be revealed in the shows. So I think my excitement will build on that once we get to Mando 4. If there is Ahsoka Season 2, Skeleton Crew, which we still don't even have an official announcement yet. That kind of got quietly pulled back and there's some quiet rumors that maybe soon, but we don't have anything official. So that's kind of, you didn't ask for me to rank them, but I'm still excited in that order. <laughs> um, no, I, I partially asked because uh, I am excited in an order. I'm still very, very most excited for myself personally uh, on Rey and the Jedi Order. Yeah. I just think uh, I love the character of Rey. I think there, it, it, yes, it's it's revisiting legacy characters. Yes, it's the Jedi, but there's so much about it that's new uh, to me for the for the big screen. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The existing Star Wars trilogies are coming of age stories, and then there's always been a hunger for. Well, now that Vader's Vader, can we see him just being Vader on the big screen? Mm. Now that Luke's a Jedi Master, what's he up to? And you got a million books and comics to fill that in now. And and this is Ray's story to become the Jedi of that era and the Jedi Master of that era. So to see a film that's like, now this is the journey of, uh, she has completed her coming of age story. And now this is a little bit like the Kenobi show was a, a coming of a middle age story mm -hmm. of, and what is it like to pass it on and to be a sort of a, a parent, a mentor of a new generation with the focus on that character, possibly. Mm -hmm. Um Ever since in 1983, when Yoda said, pass on what you have learned, I have wanted to see that story more robustly on the big screen. Again, endless books and comics dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, but to see the philosophy behind the building of a new Jedi Order, and from everything that uh, Shermin Obed-Chinoy has said about the project, it feels to me like a project that is going to look at the Jedi from a positive perspective of like, yes, they're flawed. Yes, it's dangerous to have a, a group of mm -hmm. super-powered space wizards who go, actually, we'll decide what justice is and we'll implement it. Of course there's danger in that. Mm -hmm. But it seems from everything she said, it's like there's this new group rising up that's going to look out for the little people. Yeah, The Jedi Order is going to make it so you can't walk on the little people. And of course there are forces who don't want that. That's... So we've had a lot of the fall of the Jedi and the flaw of the Jedi. And to see on the big screen, the Jedi are the heroes and somebody else doesn't want there to be heroes. Mm -hmm. it sounds so good to me. It, so I'm real excited for that. And you take a look at the news headlines of the day from labor unrest to situations that are just absolutely horrendous and tragic in the world. That's one of the themes of, of, of helping those trampled underfoot by the systems and the oppressors and those in power and to have that in Star Wars. And, and one of the things you're excited, uh, you got me excited about here again is, yeah, you and I both love Ray. I love the character of Ray uh, so much, but I also love what she represents to so many other folks Something you and I have discussed too of, 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 um, you know, from Force Awakens on. And, and we can play the calendar game a little bit in this discussion of, again, say you're 10, say you're 12 in 2015. Ray is your Jedi. And, and, and she's part of a core cast for you that you grew up with. And mm -hmm. this film comes out in 2026. It's still kind of, that's the slate spot right now. This, this is, I'm happy for me and you as Star Wars fans, but I'm happy for that generation 
that doesn't have to uh, go through what we did, which is, again, not the books and Zon and all great stuff. Got it. Got it. But imagine <laughs> if at, uh, you know, Comic-Con 1988, <laughs> George had come out and been like, <sighs> and here's Mark Hamill. He's coming back to this role and we're going to redo things. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I think Lucas should have done that. Just imagine that. Just imagine mm-hmm. that alternate reality and the excitement and that you could experience Han, Luke, and Leia if they could convince Harrison to come back during this. I don't know. I'm making a fugitive. Like, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> the fugitive is the example I was going to use, too. I don't know what it was. <laughs> you go to that era of time, right? Um, and it's so exciting. And, and to, you know, that for the, so, so many people that aren't us that will get to experience that. I'm excited for them. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way. No, I'm, I'm still going to be around. I'm going to be excited for that, too. And, yes, there's other characters. I, I really do hope we get more Finn. I really hope John Boyega mm-hmm. can explore that character more and maybe on a level that he wanted to or wants to now. Um, Oscar Isaac, uh, you know, uh, yes, I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan, but, I, you know, I, I think he could – at times it seems he could give or take Poe right now. He loves what he did, but, you know, all that, you know where I'm going with that. Uh, but he He's been back, up and down with it. He yeah. came back for Moon Knight, which was a shock. For, he'd come back into the Disney system for that, but he did it in his mm-hmm. way. So if it's right, but anyways, so it's an entire era, but, but Ray represents so much of what you're talking about. And I'll in my rant here with, uh, if it is a rant, but what you're talking about, those themes are timeless, but they're important now. And they're important for the generations continuing to grow up. And I'm excited to explore that. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying. And imagining, you know, uh, somebody being 12 when the Force Awakens came out and, you know, they're going to, 2026, maybe they're 23 and they're taking their first steps. I've talked a lot about it. I've just been lucky that my uh, my age has kind of lined up with Obi-Wan. So I've got to mm. have Obi-Wan as a little pal going like, oh, here's what it's like when you're this age. Here's what it's like. <laughs> and, and I wish that for other people via Ray. Um, the, uh, the next up for me is the New Republic versus a threat. Which, mm. uh, I'm going to guess it's Thrawn, you know, after mm. uh, Ahsoka in particular. Yeah, seems clear. I... I really, really, really want this new Republic movie. I, mm. I want it. I want it bad, Ken. Mm. Um, mm. And partially just for the storytelling and because I'm excited, but I got to admit um, that this was one of the things that was difficult for me with the Ahsoka show was I got bumped out of the story. I got bumped out of the fantasy by the business realities. Mm. And, and I, I don't like to be, I don't want to be, I just failed. I tried and I failed Mm -hmm. at not letting it affect me, Mm -hmm. but it affected me. And in particular, what it was is I, 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 there's so much I enjoyed about Ahsoka, but the whole time I'm watching it, it particularly the first half when it really is about the threat of will Thrawn return and kind of watching it knowing, well, this isn't going to be Thrawn's whole story. So how much of Thrawn's story are we going to get? And, I love an interconnected universe, but I think I am having this strong desire for for chapters of stories to finish. Yes. And I and if there are however many seasons that Favreau has up his sleeve for The Mandalorian, uh, if the skeleton crew is a part of the puzzle, if Filoni feels like he really needs an Ahsoka season two to set up this film, like, I'm I'm concerned about the business reality of the dance between streaming mm-hmm. and what's on films that parts of the story are going to be left dangling. Mm-hmm. And it has been the legacy of Ahsoka as a character <laughs> for audiences to be left dangling with parts of her story unresolved. Right. And I just, 
I, I deep, I'm so fascinated with a lot of the world building that was done in Ahsoka about the state of the New Republic and different mm-hmm. factions within the New Republic. And I love Thrawn. Happy that he's, I'm happy that he's back to, to cause chaos. Mm-hmm. And I just want the story to finish. And if it's going to finish that movie, yeah, please let's get to the finish line because I want a completed story, not be left dangling and not be distracted yeah. by every Disney Plus season of New Republic storytelling going, is this going to, is the, our business reality is going to allow this to be a completed story mm-hmm. or are we going to be left dangling for years and decades? Yeah. Think of the end of, of Clone Wars indeed, right? Before the, this miracle uh, Clone Wars save thing that happened. Mm-hmm. We got, yeah, I'm with you too. It, it, we'll, we'll be discussing Ahsoka in more detail soon here on the show, but yeah, that uh, I'm with you on that. And, and, and by the way, it's not, I, I don't even know, correct me if I'm wrong too. It's not like a, criticism it's just a feeling it's just a reality um you know uh you the the tragic loss of of ray stevenson um Mm, and heartbreaking heartbreaking and hungover for me too of like oh what is this wrapping up is he going is he being sliced in two in that character no there's a wonderful beautiful open-ending thing with this character and now they have to deal with that and you can't help that so that's not a it's not a criticism you can't help that but the realities were there for me in this series and, and some of that too so f- to your point yeah i'm excited to get it to a film yeah yeah i'm very excited I, I just think the landscape has changed a little bit from when disney plus was really hot mando was really hot yeah to there is is i gonna come in and go no 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 i mean the one of the the um many factors with the Marvels is that it was the first uh, film that pulled strongly from the Disney plus shows. Right. Two of the main characters uh, having seen the film, I think it is in, you can entirely understand the film, the plot, the emotions, who the characters are without ever seeing those Disney plus shows, mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel and WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt that it's richer if you did. Mm. And, People are going to be looking for lots of different reasons to blame, to explain the box office failure of of the Marvels. Yeah, and it's it's that that's the businessy stuff that makes me nervous about, uh, you know, Disney looking at this and going, "Oh, we thought it was going to be a monster hit maker yes. to build love for characters on the small screen and then give them a big movie, but now we're going to take this lesson, true or not, from the Marvels." That that doesn't work, and we're going to slam the brakes. Yeah, we're that's gonna, my concern with this movie, with the I, the New Republic, tie yeah. wrap it all up film. We're going to have this discussion in the second half of the show of of of, of Star Wars in different forms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and there's that's just the reality. I mean that that's where I get really grumpy about discussion around some of these movies, like the Marvels movies. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen one. You know, one of the reasons I haven't seen. I don't need to go. I know I don't need to go to the theater. I know I could wait, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of the yep. discussion. That that uh, that one of the characters was was introduced in a wonderful, well received show by those that watched it. That was left out to die opposite the Kenobi show, a legacy Star Wars character. Uh, there's mm-hmm. those kind of discussions around it, and I think that's some of it too. And we can get into that. It, it, it might shock some folks. I know Star Wars fans that don't have Disney Plus that are just now sitting down to that Mando show or I heard mm-hmm. Boba Fett was bad. I didn't watch it. Is that true? Kent? like, these are conversations I have in my real life off, off of mm-hmm. fake podcast life. We live barely. No, um, <laughs> and, and that's just, it's just the reality, man. It's mm-hmm. the reality. So, um, 
yeah, interesting discussion to put a pin in there. Where are you at with Mangold? You and I are both positive on Dial of Destiny. He's an interesting, intense cat, but also I think has a, has a funny persona around him too. Um, I didn't, as I've joked before, loved a lot of his films, never knew it was him directing them. Girl Interrupted, 310 to Yuma. Um, uh, but I have become more and more a fan of that film, but curious where you're at with the, the final one there. I, I absolutely loved uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I saw it in the theater three times. Um, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna buy it on physical media. I love the hell out of that movie. So creatively, just as a, you know, uh, somebody to sit down and watch a movie, I really hope the Mangold film happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not really clo- holding it close to my heart <laughs> mm. uh, because I'm a, a, a afraid of loss. Um, mm-hmm. I think out of the three that got announced, I think it was a brilliant announcement of we're, we're looking toward the past, present, and the future. We got a new Republic movie building out of the television shows. We're, we're, we're going into the farthest future of Star Wars we ever have on the big screen with, with Rey and continuing her story. Now we're going to go back super far in time. It made sense, but it is the one most easily dropped from the slate, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a ways off. And I think that there is uh, this... Uh, problem right now it's always been there in hollywood but it seems to be ramping up to an untenable place where uh the the powers that be want to hire people who are hot yes uh which means they have all sorts of projects in development because it's like we're gonna hire somebody with one project in development they're not very hot so they want people who are juggling a bunch of stuff they want to announce somebody right after they came off of a, a big success or right after they had a really good relationship with the studio, like Mangold clearly did with Lucasfilm. Yeah. But then our society is reacting so fast, so hot, so cold mm-hmm. that there's that's the, the Taika Waititi phenomenon of yeah. uh, pop culture put him on the tallest pillar we could find after Ragnarok. And they couldn't get a Star Wars movie out in time yeah. before pop culture pulled him right down. <laughs> and I don't think that people put people put Mangold on a on a pillar for Logan, which I agree with. Yeah, I don't know if he's being pulled off as violently. Yeah, but yeah. he but he's stumbling in terms of the pop culture. Is he hot or not? Right, popularity game. All the, and all this is business. This has nothing to do with creativity right, to me. Right. It has nothing to do with the story I want to see. This is analysis of our, our weird pop culture world and how it intersects with the industry. Okay. The, um, the cycle of uh, put them on the pillar, pull them down has never been faster than it is now. And it's a relatively recent phenomenon, I think, that we do it so incredibly strongly with directors mm. and screenwriters. Mm as well as with actors. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the age of the director uh, opening pictures versus the movie star, right? That's uh, mm-hmm. part of the people in me that have discussed it. No, I, I agree with you on that. And, and I, again, I always forget Logan. Logan was a mega film. Um, they're real good. He, he, and I, you know, watched the doc, the documentary, um, on indie, which is, uh, I forget which version I have that it popped up. And I know we get the Harrison doc coming too, which is a, another story we didn't really put in there, but we got the Harrison Ford, uh, duck, uh, coming, uh, as well, uh, very shortly. Uh, Mangle very clearly has a great relationship with Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Disney, Lucasfilm. 
uh, even recent comments about George and his involvement uh, with some advice yeah. script in uh, dailies and stuff like that, looking at that with Indy. So I, I don't think, I don't say this to stoke any kind of internet drama, in which Mangle, Mangle will be the first to tweet me and go, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a danger of him flipping the table and saying, I'm out of here. But to my even joke that I made, of, of he wants to go tell his story. And if he does come up against something and well, we've, we got this planet Peridia and have you considered this and the Mortis gods and that, and he's going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, here's what I want to do. And he's strong-minded as he should be, as all directors are. Hey, this is what I want to do. I, I, I'm with you. There's a fear of loss that might be unfounded, completely unfounded, mm-hmm. but we have to admit, yeah, there's the, a lot of the missteps, a lot of what you're saying, let's get the hottest names. Dan and Dave, you're doing good. Gulp, though a lot of that was Netflix came in the back door and was like, would you like a $300 million deal or would you like to face scorn from another fandom? Got it. All right, cool. Um, Patty Jenkins, all these names. And, and I don't fault anyone there uh, uh, at Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy and, or below or above. Go and get those names. By all accounts, it was Bob Iger that said, Lord and Miller are going to direct that Lawrence Kasdan script. Uh, this is what I want. Because they're hot and they are hot and they're still hot. But but mm-hmm. I'm with you. There's It's okay to admit that we might have a little fear. I'm interested in getting to that era beyond High Republic, beyond uh, Old Republic, and going to the Alpha Republic, if you want to call it, the, the, the beginning. <laughs> um, I'm so excited and I think he's the guy to do it right now based on Dial of Destiny and some of the other things you're talking about, including Girl Interrupted, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I like your point. I hadn't really factored that into my excitement, Joseph, so thank you. There's a fear of loss I must deal with. Yes, but we must deal with it well, as Star Wars has taught us. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Any final big thoughts there? That's the three announced. Um, oh, I think that's a. I think that's a pretty good look at uh, at the slate, and I am happy to save uh, other thoughts for the future. That's right. Well, I think we're so excited to get back to talking Star Wars news. This could be the first four hour episode of Force Center if we're not <laughs> careful. So we'll wrap up this first half of our news discussion we'll come back after a quick break with the second half but before we do as always we have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us and joseph we've got a star wars one again we do uh before the strike happened we uh, ended up in a cycle where we were not getting to the books and we would recommend the same book so i've said this book a thousand million times we are recommending the path of deceit it's the first book in the second phase of the high republic when we started recommending it it was brand new um it's now not brand new and the third phase of the high republic has started but i wanted to recommend it because i finally cracked it open i'm about halfway through it and i'm really enjoying it just really interesting exciting stuff about different perspectives on the way the force is used. So I'm really enjoying that. If you want to check out the High Republic Phase 2, Path of Deceit. Do so by downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, there it is. Quick break. On the other side, more Star Wars news. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Force Center Show. That's right. Take a look at Star Wars news, some pop culture, life itself. It all comes uh, just pouring down into a from waterfalls everywhere into our Star Wars <laughs> discussion pool here. Uh, Joseph, let's get to this discussion we kind of hinted at. Star Wars in different forms. Uh, some of this is confirmed. Some of this is uh, speculation from good sources, at least within this particular genre of, uh, of uh, coverage. During the strike, it was revealed that we will be getting physical media. Oh, boy. 
releases for The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 in mid-December, just in time for your holiday wishes. Uh, these re- these releases will include never-before-seen featurette- featurettes and extras, and, of course, the packaging. There's, I think, a like a postcard in it, and they just, they're just going to look good on your shelf there. Uh, but right now, there's a child in them, I think, an actual physical child for you to raise. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, John Favreau pops out and goes, You want to make a, a Cuban sandwich? A Cuban? Let's, I'll, I'll, I got it. Good. Um, I actually would love that if, if each one included a different uh, recipe from one of his food truck episodes. Great. Uh, right now, those are the only two releases that seem to be confirmed. But online personalities who, again, concentrate on the physical media game have claimed that The Mandalorian Season 3 and or Season 1 and The Book of Boba Fett could be making their way to shelves uh, or your digital co- uh, shopping carts soon. And Again, not surprising if we're going this route. Uh, general thoughts on this news, Joseph, which I imagine uh, for your reaction that I can now see uh, is excitement. Uh, exciting thoughts. This is uh, some of the news I have been wanting. And this was one of the pieces of news during the strike that made me just go, damn it, I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm happy to finally be here and be able to talk about it. There's two things that happened during the strike. The announcement of the this physical media, the the confirmed Mando season one and season two, and, and the hopeful others. So there, there was net, that news. And Disney Plus uh, actually broadcasting the show's broadcasting, making them available on digital streaming, yeah. and not at midnight, but at a staggered prime time, mm-hmm. uh, 6 p.m. in the uh, the American West Coast, 9 p.m. American uh, United States East Coast. Um, I feel like there is this thing. Uh, there, I have this instinct to go common sense decision because I, I but I, I don't know if they are common sense. But anyway, but for me, I feel like um, there's a balance between exclusivity and accessibility. And I think that it's interesting that these are both things that are happening as, as Iger comes back and feels like all in on Disney Plus. We, we, we need to watch out for all in on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It can't be our only, absolutely only business model. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the existence of physical media uh, airing the shows at a time where it's easier for more people to see them and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Those are both to me about accessibility that we know we have something in value, uh, not only of in Star Wars, but we have something in of value in rabid, hardcore, all in Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the it's got to be behind the paywall of Disney Plus. You got to stay up until midnight or get up at 6 a.m. or change your your internal body schedule. Mm-hmm to see these before they get spoiled. That's all a focus on uh, hardcore fans mm-hmm. who will pay whatever, do whatever schedule wise to see it first mm-hmm. in both the physical media and the more reasonable to me uh, timed releases are an acknowledgement that the hardcore fans of any fandom they're like your front wave, mm-hmm. but you need a back wave. Mm-hmm. And and I think that these are both things to make Star Wars more friendly, more accessible to the general public. And mm-hmm. that's why it means so much to me. I really, uh, really agree with what you're saying there. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, we spent 
more than half a year, 2023, hearing about what are the numbers for streaming? They're probably not as good as you think. Some are shockingly mm-hmm. low that there's probably podcasts talking about shows, not necessarily Star Wars ones, but there's podcasts talking about shows that have more views than the shows, right? Like this is <laughs> some of the stuff that kind of, uh, you've hear, heard these discussions and it's just the reality of it there too. And, and you can make it to exclusive. You make me think, I, I gotta be honest, I don't know the ending of this story, but there, back in my public safety days, like shoe releases were a big problem because companies mm-hmm. like Nike would say, new line of shoes coming out. Uh, they're at these stores. Uh, each store would get 30 to 50. The staff would take 30 of them and leave 20. And you'd have all these people showing up at midnight uh, to get these shoes. And it wasn't average Joe. It was um, uh, groups of people that would send out people across the state with list of shoes to get at any cost. And often at any cost ended up being violent. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that would tear down walls. I had four of my officers trampled in, 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 a, in a riot over, over shoes one night. And I remember all like all the, the owners, the property owners, the mall owners, everyone across the nation kind of was going to these shoe companies going, you, you got to do something about this. You've made mm-hmm. it too exclusive. You're hurting your brand. Uh, I don't know. I left the business, thank God. And I don't know how it ended up. And I don't know if she, you know, and, and, and the sneaker world is a, is a big profitable world. But you're making me think of it where there was, yeah, it was, it was. You can't forget it's too exclusive. Not everyone can afford. What's my Disney Plus now? Over twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. These are trying times. I feel like Dusty Rhodes giving his plumber speech in the eighties in wrestling. Um, <laughs> so I like that this is a move towards things outside of it. I want to talk about you know, hey, actually having it and it's yours. Like my copy mm-hmm. of Dogma on DVD, it's mine. I can watch it. Uh, no one can take your dogma. No, no monster can take it from from me as it ha- as they have of uh, Kevin Smith. So uh, I think it's all good, and that's an interesting. And I don't, I don't, I don't consider. I don't, know, I don't know where you go with the business of it. And we've just gone through a very contentious business part. Part, and you mm-hmm. and I have some maybe more negative Iger thoughts than we had in the past, um, especially about his sweaters. But uh, you know, I don't think this is a backpedaling. I think this is an adjustment, and all and yeah. it all leads to more money which is part of why this wreck was happening. But anyways, I don't want to go down that. I don't want to get on that yacht and go down that river, but um, yeah, you know, but the entire, the entire industry went to all in on streaming and are mm-hmm. backpedaling to other models of ads and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. on streaming. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, and I think it's a, what you're talking about, the, the moving up of the shows for us, we always we got a little West Coast bias and privilege. Mm-hmm. Having dinner and watching Ahsoka was different than even nine p.m. Uh, and I also was laughing at the prime time. You're so right; it's different prime times, and how that for me, prime time at six p.m. is news and a syndicated game show, <laughs> and then nine p.m. <laughs> but eight is the funny sitcom, and nine p.m. is the procedural cop drama. Um, uh, that's uh, hilarious, old school stuff there. But I, I thought that was just a mm-hmm. positive move too. And it, I know you did <sighs> as well. I, I thought it was just fabulous. It's it's just uh, I I I really really enjoyed having the normal ritual that I would have at midnight at six o'clock, yeah. and having more time to process and think. And yeah, and, and and that was even without us doing the reviews. But I'll really enjoy it when it comes to yeah. review time. And Alex and Molly Damon are somewhere yelling at us, going, "Yeah, try waking up at four a.m. Losers." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. 
Yo, any, sorry, any final thoughts on that section there? No, I was just also going to say, I think leading with the Mandalorian, those first two seasons that were so beloved, um, the first season, I think in particular, because it was incredibly accessible, because you really didn't need to know much to get, you know, uh, emotionally distant armored daddy protects cutest creature you've ever seen. Um, is super, super emotionally accessible. Yeah. Um, so I think it makes sense in their popularity to lead with them. Um I also, you know, there have been rumors that that Book of Boba Fett is coming. It also makes sense to me to get the all of the shows that might add up to that Filoni New Republic film mm. to get them out from behind the paywall as soon as possible for as long as possible to build interest in a movie that's going to bring all of these threads together. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh and I think that yeah, it makes sense on the choice other than that it was also just the first one out of the gate, but it's going to look good on the shelves. I'm looking across my shelf right now. I think I don't have Rise of Skywalker on physical media. Every every other one I do, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at it now. And 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 that's as a Star Wars fan, whether or not I'm even going to watch that show, I still will probably watch it at Disney Plus. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> I just want it because we have that insatiable insatiable urge to want it and put it on a shelf. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I physically want it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is more, additionally, the Star Wars films, and I think in the story that includes the Clone Wars movie at one point, will be appearing on Disney's, Disney's Linear Networks and Turner Networks following a big uh, negotiation, actually kind of a renegotiation for some of the rights with Warner Brothers Discovery's Turner Networks. Uh, this deal actually started in October. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, when those movies, you're flipping the channel and the movies are there. Uh, this is mm. what I call hotel viewing. When you get to the hotel, you turn on the TV and just go, what can I watch while I'm getting ready or uh, getting ready for the show or taking a nap? Uh, so Joseph, general thoughts on this, uh, the immediate or long-term future of streaming could factor in this conversation. And uh, are you excited to watch uh, Attack the Clones again on uh, TV? <laughs> Which has, you've been able uh, to for a while, but now maybe so oh, yeah. on something like that. Yeah, no, I think Linear uh, still has a lot of power because I think it is the, you know, uh, not everyone can afford streaming. It's really expensive. People are always shocked to learn the numbers of like uh, Tubi and the other and and Freebie, the the free ones with ads that have always been free. Uh, People are shocked to learn the power of those because not everyone can afford streaming. Um, And so I think Linear still has power. I think there's the, the... the people who still like to have the I ah, just I flop down on the couch and whatever's on or you're in a hotel room or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the my biggest thought for this is I wonder how much of an impact linear traditional television viewings are going to have for these Star Wars films that are not as uh, beloved. Um, people love Rogue One, but the up and down on the sequel trilogy uh and certainly up and down on solo a lot of people i think who still just general audience just heard it flopped some guy who wasn't uh harrison ford played han solo and nobody liked it and they've never watched it um linear tv is not as powerful as it used to be but there are endless examples of things like this it is a different day but it's a wonderful life became a classic when uh various uh corporate decisions were made uh, when we were children, Ken, mm-hmm. to just start playing it all the time. And within a couple years, it was this weird memory hole thing where people are like, yes, the beloved classic, It's a Wonderful Life, came out in the 40s and everyone has loved it ever since. And so the natural order of things is that it has always been on television. It's a Wonderful Life became a classic mm-hmm. and rewrote its own history from being played on television. 
Linear television is not in the, at the same place, but I think it could do something for Solo in the sequel trilogy. This is a great point. First of all, a wonderful uh, thought to bring in It's a Wonderful Life in that story. I almost want like a Scrimshaw history video on that. Well, that it's, it's, it's <laughs> fascinating. Also, this wonderful Christmas movie that is just political all the way through is another discussion to have. Um, the business mm-hmm. side, you, know, you look, Disney. Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, Zaslov, Iger, these are names we've all been screaming at for a while, and that's not necessarily going, going away. There's, this is like a $350 million deal, and you know, uh, I'm not putting the strikes behind us right now in terms of the impact mm-hmm. of the discussion, but I also want to acknowledge that we're trying to kind of move forward and look positively at, at this stuff going on. And I love what you're saying. This is the Spielberg War of the Worlds for me. I didn't mm-hmm. see it in the theater. I heard it was bad. I heard the ending sucked. And then it was played on HBO every Saturday and Sunday morning, back to back for like three months. And I watched it every single time. And I love that film. It's um, great. I love it. I love it. And sure, point here and this sort of thing. Whatever. I love it. But that could be Solo. That could be Rogue One. That mm-hmm. could be Last Jedi. It could be Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you know, and, 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 and that's, I didn't even factor that into this discussion until you mentioned it. So thanks for bringing that up. That is part of this too. Uh, and, I, and yeah, you're right. Normal, normal, quote, normal TV, the old cable box, whatever we have, whatever we grew up with, it's changed. I just recently resubscribed to YouTube TV Live. Um, mm. I told you, I told you all I'm kind of watching a little bit more sports on a Sunday morning and you kind of need that for it. And so I, I swiped the credit card. I treated myself to like one or two months to see if I like it. Joseph, I can't tell you, outside of just sitting and watching football while I do admin work is a fun Sunday morning for me. I can't tell you, I'm actually oddly having fun with commercials, commercial breaks to get up and go to the bathroom or rewarm my coffee and then just flipping and going, oh, that's on. I'll watch that. Yeah. Maybe it's how we were raised, but it, it, it's a warm, comfortable feeling. I think that there are times when humans can desire agency and there are times where humans desire exploration, <laughs> which is a real fancy way to say we used to be, we used to feel kind of locked in because it's like, what's on, what's on, is there anything good on, right? Yeah, if, if, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're more our age uh, in, in mm. the, uh, there can almost be a burden of choice of everything is a choice and there's something fun about what's on. Ah, it's this scene from Solo. Oh, I watched the rest of Solo again. Yeah, oopsie. Yeah, yeah. oopsie. I sat down to have a yeah. have a have a snack, and I watched the whole movie. Um, yeah. Also, like, look, man, you, you're great at themes, but you just put a theme to remote control searching, <laughs> and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, thank you. Beautiful. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that deal. Like I said, start October. Look for that. We'll see. We'll see the effect. And again, we're talking about. Things that who knows, maybe it might not affect things, but it'll be options. And there's a lot going on. The industry, in case you haven't been paying attention, is changing rapidly. Uh, uh, and mm-hmm. some of that includes taking a step or two back from uh, everything that's been changing. But while we're buying Blu-rays, Joseph, let's get some toys. Let's go down that mm-hmm. aisle and get some toys and maybe a book or two. Uh, a lot of to- to- uh, Star Wars toys and figures and collectibles were announced during the strikes. Uh, I would say our relationship to collecting Star Wars is on, on a smaller scale in the past, though you probably still collect more than I do now. Uh, but uh, where we are now with collecting Star Wars overall, and I want to get into the the figures that were announced um, and mm. what you're excited about. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I am still an avid collector. Uh, I think it's just a part of my personality. I am obsessive, and I like physical things that represent things we love. Um you know, yeah, going going back just very briefly to those 
physical discs. I think it is different to own something and to hold something. It is about uh, mm-hmm. people who don't uh, have streaming. I can get I I can buy Mando and sit down and watch it with my dad. Yeah, but there's also the like I want it on my shelf. Um, yeah, and I want them to incur. Capitalism is often voting with your dollars. Mm-hmm. I want them to make Obi Wan Kenobi, so I'm going to buy everything they put out to convince them to make Obi Wan Kenobi. Right. Uh, so I, I, my collecting uh, urges are strong, powerful, mm-hmm. borderline dangerous. I must find balance <laughs> uh, in action figures, in particular. I'm I'm running out of space, so I have to really, really start to make mm. hard choices. Yeah, difficult, terrible choices so that that's where i'm at with it is uh, i absolutely love it um have a physical reality that i need to deal with of the the space in my home i hate when physical realities creep into your star wars <laughs> um yeah i'm with you yeah i've documented some of my changes and, and I, I i might be even entering a period of time where i'm selling some of my things uh with a little bit of a broken heart um but there's reality to it but all that to say it's we i still take those turned down the toy aisles in the store it's still part of my just, you know, DNA. I'm, I'm here for uh, oat milk, uh, blueberries, and what Black Series figure is uh, maybe on discount. Uh, so I actually uh, got really excited about some of the ones announced. And there's some great from, you know, the Hasbro uh, PulseCon. Uh, they always announce some good ones and a uh, lot from Ahsoka. Uh, we can run down the list if you want. But, you know, as someone who really did love uh, Balin Skull and Shinhati and have those characters and have the designs look good. I know there's a controversy that, that Balin Skull is short, maybe even shorter than some of the other figures in the six inch line. And maybe there's a scaling issue. Maybe they'll correct that, but just to have short that, King, that's fine. Yeah. Just to have that beard on my shelf uh, to honor the late great Stevens, but also what I feel some of the best facial hair ever captured on film. Uh, that'll be good. And I definitely want to get your thoughts on that, but I, I will say that the, the other line, the Phantom Menace classics that were announced, uh, in a lot of different scales, I think, right? But but the six inch, um, you got Padme. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Padme in the uh, the assault on on the Theed uh, Capitol uh, building there, and then uh, the, the the Anakin, the, the Jake Lloyd Anakin, mm-hmm. uh, great sculpt, everything about it. I I even with me kind of dealing with some bigger pictures of where I am in life as a f- fan and all those things, this is the proof that it's so deep into my heart to me because this popped up and I went, well, that's a buy. <laughs> no question yeah. it's a buy yeah no and and it's great when that feeling happens um mm-hmm. i think one of the things that they've been doing a, a little bit better that hasbro has been doing with their lines is they got so many of the ahsoka figures out much closer to the actual release of the show yes um which they've really been struggling with did you love that that character in mando well see you in two years yep um and you know, they're not making as many figures, uh, as many different characters. Uh, I'll, I'll share some thoughts on that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But getting the Ahsoka figures out was great. And I actually, you reminded me when you're talking about going to the Target toy aisle, I got to share this story because it's a, it's a good picture where I'm at. Um, so I, I have, uh, I've got a lot of figures that are going to stay in my home, but I have a lot that are just, I need to put in plastic bins and put in my storage space. That's like a couple blocks away. They're not far at all. I got my car can. I drove to target with the explicit purpose of buying some bins that I have checked. I have sized, I have tested. They're going to be comfortable homes for my friends while they're away from me. (laughs) And the first place that I went when I went into target was the twile. And they had the vintage uh, deluxe Sabine Wren 
with Lothcat. And I was like, well, that's a buy. <laughs> so even on my trip to buy multiple bins, because I don't have enough room for action figures, yeah. I still bought Sabine. And I put her in the bin uh, like, yep, it works. Uh, I'm not. Uh, she's going to stay on my shelf for a little while because she's new. The new ones get some shelf priority for a yeah, while. You can rotate. Uh, some of the older ones got to go in the bin. But I think it's. Uh, I, I think that immediacy is really powerful, and it's great that they're they're swinging around to doing some characters that they haven't in the in Black Series and Vintage line. The Dooku's a big thing. Mm-hmm. People have been asking for Dooku. Um, they've put out non shameful uh, Black Crescenton because they <laughs> they rushed out that. <laughs> rushed the- that that one based on the chewy mold and it was just like the hey <laughs> come on guys like we yeah. you know back in the day uh, people our age we, we accepted the crumbs we got <laughs> i didn't care that luke skywalker looked like he-man in 1995 cuz i was just happy yeah. to get luke skywalker so i bought eight buff luke skywalkers <laughs> i'm not buying shameful Chrysanthemum, mm-hmm. you know who's been on some unhealthy carb diet suddenly and you made an action figure of it not doing it. Uh, so they made non-shameful Chrysanthemum. They made Dooku, which people have been uh, really asking for. Yeah. Starkiller's not really my jam, but they put out Starkiller stuff that people are have been asking for and are really excited about. So I think uh, there's been some positive trends in the toys, which is going to make it even harder for me to not collect as many. I'm looking at the Dooku right now. Man, that's a that's a great skull. Fabulous. It looks great. Fabulous. Well, yeah, yeah, no, um, and I've by the way, I I totally sympathize with you and like it I mean, you're making me think of when i was in sixth grade and i knew it was time to put away my stuffed animals and, and i couldn't do it and i had to come up with a story while they were going on vacation it's real it's, real. it's hard it's really hard <laughs> trust me because i have the storage i have a storage shed in my backyard and i sometimes just go in there and i open up the boxes and it's, it's like what am i going to do with this but also i like Oh, I remember when I bought that Krennic. Oh, what a day. It's 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 a thing. They're they're tied to memories. Yeah. And like and like for me, having to make choices it, it can also be fun. Cause like they had a big announcement of a lot of Ahsoka characters, mm-hmm. Chopper, Krennic, and it was just like mm-hmm. I don't care. I am all about mm-hmm. Yang. So that was a like Krent our, our our mutual friend Ken Plume was like, You you getting this, you getting that, and it's like I can only get one right now, mm-hmm. and I choose Hu Yang. Yeah, sorry, Krennic. Sorry, Chopper. <laughs> I choose Hu Yang. That can be its own journey in terms of the action figures being sort of like um, symbols of 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 what we love, of really having mm. having to do a ranking. Yeah, and Hu Yang won my ranking. I wouldn't. I would expect it to be any other way for you. I mean, you got kind of <laughs> tenant and figure form in Star Wars. That that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, one of the Talk a little bit about the views of our state of the collecting and the time we have here. Uh, and I, I always, I'm not an expert. This is where you have uh, much more insight on our, our buddy Ken Plume, which we have reached. I've told Ken, I think I we've reached the limit of his name references for a couple weeks on the show. But um, <laughs> I, I play Fortnite with Ken so often, we're always chatting. Uh, our, our old buddy Mike Black, who used to come on the show, and mm-hmm. will, will again uh, more plugged into the figure world than I am. But um, uh, one point that was brought up when reading this article here on Gizmodo that uh, the Phantom Menace Padme. Is it's only the second time she's appeared in the Black Series line, and that other time was pretty recent as well. Um, so I guess there's a question, Joseph, about are the old issues still there? Can it change? You mentioned that they're just, you know, the realities. It's not all nefarious. It's sometimes the reality and the changing world and who these are being made for. And again, 
bringing in our buddy Ken, who, who has a show called Force 5, where he brings on guests to talk about Star Wars, their favorite Star Wars toys. He has told me, he's expressed, it, it's sometimes hard to get guests because it's not just that they're, hey, it's another white male that collects. They're another white male that's like, everybody hates that Ray, right? And and mm. kind of sometimes it's a dominant thread in, in this collecting world. That's a general sweep through it, to be clear. But that's kind of what I have to say on it. But I'll, you know, uh, concede the uh, talking uh, baton to you, uh, who has more experience in this. Yeah. So when when you and I did our our series of ranking our favorite action figures from lots of different lines, mm-hmm. we used this website, uh, which was called Jedi Business at the time, now Galactic Figures. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I am, I don't know if it's a page or a Facebook group, but, but I'm, I'm in that. Uh, I follow along with Galactic Figures Facebook presence. Right. Um, and so it's been really great to read lots of comments and learn a little bit more about the business from people who really know it. And also just see how different, how fan discussions happen and get a little sort of uh, temperature on what different people want. Mm. And some of the things that I've learned that I think are factors in this is Hasbro has things that sell. Cool villains sell. Yeah. Original and prequel series main characters sell. Mando variations sell. In general, troopers sell. Then also Hasbro is doing everything that they can think of to an absurd level of creativity and shame to repaint figures. Mm. Especially armored figures, which are already popular. Mm -hmm. So... Um, like uh, I, I bought a figure out of wanting it, but also being amazed by the hubris of it. They put out a series <laughs> of Boba Fett exclusives that were extra expensive, uh, that were comic book variations. So Boba Fett figures that I own multiples of already, but painted a little different. And there was one that was original Empire Strikes Back comic book adaptation Boba Fett. You know, it's just back in the day, they're just like, the colors aren't entirely accurate. Mm -hmm. So then the the action figures just painted the colors (laughs) that he was in the 1980 comic book. Uh, So they they have these window of things that they know sell. Mm -hmm. They stretch as much as they can by repainting and re-releasing characters, which, you know, every once in a while one hits. But fans are mostly real frustrated by that, but accept it as a financial reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then they're also in in the point where with the current lines vintage retro and and black series they can only put out so many new characters yeah whereas when they had the the uh you know fewer points of articulation the 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 five points of articulation classic ones that we grew up with and uh rebooted uh those are those figures are cheaper to make so they can pump out more and you can army build and you can they can put out the weirdos and they can take a loss on on mm-hmm. a background weirdo if a main character sells and all that kind of thing with the current lines, vintage retro black series, there isn't room for as many characters because they can only make so many new molds per year. Gotcha. So uh, I think all that stuff is the business reality. And then I think it's a really like a chicken and an egg thing of, mm. yep, it, it is true that a lot of the collectors do seem to be, uh, you know, uh, people who are going to buy some of the standards. And if they grew up with the prequels, hey, they, they love a Padme figure. But I've definitely read lots of comments where people don't need any more of those rays or those gins or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like, so so there's some of the dynamics of are, are 
are women action figures going to sell as well? Mm -hmm. But there's also a deep reluctance to make more sequel figures. There are main, main characters of Rise of Skywalker that they have not put out Mm. uh, at all. Mm. Or in one line, but not the other. And I, I see debates going back and forth of people being like, I didn't even love that film. But for God's sakes... It's a main character mm. Mm. <laughs> with an outfit we've never gotten action figure of. Like to me, like they haven't made even training Luke and Leia. Right. Right. It, and for me, I do think that there is a question of, like I said, w- would they buy them? Would people buy them if they put them out? Or are they training people to not want those kind of figures because they're so rarely available? Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm not an expert. That's me just wondering aloud about the state of things. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate it. it's a, what I would describe as a 360 degree look at it, where there's some mm-hmm. hardcore issues. And this this is something I was trying to get into some of the the Marvel's MCU discussions and other parts of my life, where there's a lot of factors that movie might not work, and and some of the factors are that it's a uh, you know multi woman led film by a, a, mm-hmm. a, a wonderful talented director Nia DaCosta who faced some scorn that I don't think other directors would have faced and and those are some of the issues and they're big issues and I want to mm-hmm. always point at them and talk about them but it doesn't mean there isn't other issues and I think what you're describing is the full 360 degrees the the, the industry has changed and it's it's hard when I when I turn the corner and I see four Rivas and two Landos sitting there and that's the only ones warming the pegs it, it breaks my heart in a lot of different yeah. ways. And then I, but then I go, you know what? I'm going to buy them. Ooh, $30. I need milk. I, it, it's just, <laughs> it, it's the full picture. So I really, I really appreciate your insights on it. It, it really is. And like yeah, one of uh, the recent announcements in, in a line that people were really excited about was Force Awakens Finn. Yeah. It's on there. Who, yeah. Uh, that figure has been released black back when they were doing the uh, three and in, in three quarters black series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was really it was really interesting to see people's reaction from we've already got this figure to I don't want sequel figures to other people being like we need more sequel figures to other people saying but you've we've never had this character from this major film on the vintage card and half of us are collecting the vintage card. So you saw a lot of opinions and and you definitely did see uh the the subtext of it is also a question of uh, representation and people having both positive and, you know, upsettingly negative reactions to it. So there's, there's no denying that that is a part of it. Well, these figures are out or rolling out and I'm sure some of them will find their ways to our shelves. I got, I still got a six inch that, that six inch Jar Jar over here. That Jar Jar needs that young Annie next to him. I'm going to complete that <laughs> film, film tableau. I can't wait for that. Uh, final story. And, and, and also if there's anything else we want to swing through, Joseph, uh, by all means, uh, toss it out there. But this is one that I know you're particularly excited about. And then you kind of jog my memory uh, that it was uh, revealed um over the last uh, six months or so, that there's a new novel on the way from Jonathan Jackson Miller, who's uh, definitely been in and around Star Wars for years. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. It's a book called The Living Force, or Star Wars, The Living Force, about a year out uh, from Phantom Menace, uh, leading into the Phantom Menace, um, following the members of the Jedi Council. And you're right. I'm excited about this. And then I owe Jonathan Jackson Miller, Miller an apology. And this is where I'll bring it up. But Take it away. What are you liking about this? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I I love the Jedi. I love the prequel era. Um, I know these Jedi have been explored in in books and comics from the EU that that I have not read as as much. So full acknowledgement to people who know the the Jedi Council of Phantom Menace well from the EU. I do not, mm. 
And in 1999, uh, I wanted every one of them reaction figures. I want to know everything about them. Um, and this book has such a great setup that Qui-Gon is upset with the Jedi Council for spending too much time on Coruscant and, and losing touch with what the galaxy is really like. And that we're going to get uh, chapters, perspectives from all the council members. It's been the great thing about the High Republic is really treating the Jedi as individuals, having the room that you have in a book in publishing to go into their heads and differentiate lots of different Jedi. And to see that with these characters, with Yaddle, with Jarl Poof, mm. to make long neck wavy head guy, not a joke, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a full character. And again, I know other people have experienced it, but I'm so excited for that. And then uh, real quick, um, I really enjoyed the Kenobi novel uh, mm. that this author wrote. And uh, he also wrote uh, New Dawn, but he hasn't been around in a while. And um, it's just, to me, it's a story of perseverance. Uh, I think mm. the Kenobi show coming out uh, caused people to check out that novel. Mm. I owned it, but I hadn't read it. I read it before the show came out. And then in interviews, Ewan McGregor has been, had has brought up multiple times, like when I got done filming Kenobi, I just kind of missed the character. And, Found out that there was this book, and I read it, and I really liked it. So he, Ewan McGregor has given shouts out to the Kenobi book. Mm. So it also just feels like a, a victory lap for an author who who has uh, worked in the EU, worked at the very beginning of the new publishing, uh, but hasn't been around as much. So not only is it a story I'm super excited from, from an author whose work I, I really like, but it, it feels like a triumph for the author. And that's always cool. Yeah. Cause not only, you know, EU, but that, and he'd been again working for a bit there, but that, that Kenobi book kind of came out around the time when all it, that was being quote unquote swept away, which is, is, is a perspective. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it, was, it was one of the last, if not the last. Yeah. That, so I think people really had the like, eh, well, why read it? Yeah. It was post. And I, that was me. That was me. Yeah. Post sale. It was during that time. And I hadn't been reading a ton of Star Wars books, but I was excited about that idea. Uh, I've been excited for years. What the hell did Kenobi do in the desert? And, 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 and I didn't touch that book and I still haven't. And then he's the very first author with a new Don. New Don comes out in 2014. It's the first of this new era. How exciting for him. And, uh, then you had folks like me sitting on the Jedi Alliance set saying, ah, I don't know, this book's kind of boring. There's no Han, Luke or Leia, no Vader's, ah, Emperor's only mentioned. And, kind of uh, me miss, you know, just kind of, I don't know, misinterpreting what was now coming towards us as this new era, that it wasn't just going to be a simple continuation of these characters that we did love, but it was going to be exploration of everything around it and the themes. And this was also definitely leading into Rebels. And it's a book that gives us Ray Sloan that eventually, because of this book and beyond, became one of my favorite characters. Um, it gave us the, the meaning of Kanan and Hera. It gave us like drunk kind of down and out Kanan, which was a fascinating <laughs> character. It introduced us. And, and uh, anyways, it, it goes to what kind of how we we're discussing last week of, of going forward with the show. If, yeah, maybe at times we might be a little bit more open with our struggles and showing our work on how we get to a different spot discussing the show, but choosing your words and, and understanding other there's people be involved in creating these. And there's fans of these things. So when you just come on here and say things, it sucked. It might've sucked to you. And by the way, I don't think this book sucked. Mm -hmm. But it, it, you're 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 hurting someone, the artist, and their sales, and someone who did like it, and you're alienating them, and it's not how we approach things. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, apologize because that's how I did back way back in 2014, uh, and know. and I want to revisit this. I'm excited to just second chances, man. He can come back this long. 
uh, after uh, you know over almost ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great triumph, like you said, for the author. Yeah, and what a celebration of the Phantom Menace! Uh, Twenty five years. Yeah, well, that's gonna be great. Great. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Uh, when does I put that story in last minute? Let me uh, April of next year. My birthday. Uh, April 9th. April 9th, 2024. Well, 10, 10 days before my birthday. I'll take it. It'll count. It'll count. <laughs> Love it there. All right. Well, I think that's a sweep of the news. I know there's some morsels we're not uh, you know picking up, Joseph, but anything else uh, comes to mind? Oh, no. Uh, we will have many, many hours to discuss more news. So I'm good cutting it off here yeah absolutely uh this has been a lot of fun kind of getting back in the swing swing of things as we uh wrap up the show shout out to the end of the show crew who more and more of you have been tweeting posting <laughs> discord i stick around to the end and we really appreciate it hey you can follow us uh for right now on twitter and threads and hive social if you want to force center pod uh facebook page is force center podcast the podcast is available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and more, but not Stitcher. Remember, Stitcher is gone now. Merch uh, at tpublic.com slash user slash center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. We're switching to video on the YouTube side, so subscribe over there. But our Patreon members got a sneak preview of what the show will look like in full uh, last week. And if my computer holds, this week as well. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Kednapsuck and go to my website, Kednapsuck.com. As I said, uh, I'll be at LA Comic Con Sunday, December 3rd, 3 p.m. Big panel with some wonderful folks who help make some of these characters happen on the shows we love. Uh, putting it together has been a lot of fun. I do want to highlight someone, uh, one of our Force Center uh, friends, Jay, uh, sent me uh, something he works on. I really liked it. It's called the Possibility Project. You can go to the possibility project.org. It's a group that empowers young people to share their stories, transform their lives, and impact their communities. Uh, you can uh, support over there. I wanted to highlight that. You can become a, a partner, join the program, or watch performances all at thepossibilityproject.org. Joseph, you, sir. Yeah, you can find me on uh, almost all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm particularly spending some time on Blue Sky and enjoying that. Uh, I know they're. Uh, it's hard to get those invite codes right now still, but if you get an invite code, uh, come join me on Blue Sky, and I hope that they open it up uh, much larger, you know, especially with a name like Blue Sky. I hope it becomes uh, more expansive <laughs> soon, but join me over there. Uh, if you are in the Vegas area and you'd like to see the short film that I worked on, it's a short a horror film with some comedy in it, The Nightmare Adorable. Uh, that is going to be playing at the Sin City Horror Fest in Las Vegas uh, it is showing in particular at uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday, December 2nd. You can buy tickets to the entire festival, or you can buy tickets to just that film block that the Nightmare Adorable is playing in, and I will be doing a Q&A afterwards. So if you can make it, come say hello. Information and links to all that is on my website at josephscrimshot.com. Wonderful. I, I just checked. I have five Blue Sky invites. I'm selling them. I'm kidding. Uh, but really, <laughs> no, um, that's that. Thank you all for listening. We're excited to be back. That's a look at Star Wars news. And that is the end of this week's episode of The Force Center Show. We'll see you, friends. Bye. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.